opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit kuci.org slash privacypiracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today we are speaking with a wonderful guest who we actually had on our second year of this show back in 2006. And we're going to be talking about all sorts of privacy issues. And he comes to us from Nationwide Insurance, his been doing this work for many, many years. I've seen him on stage at the International Association of Privacy Professionals and met him before, and he is just wonderful. He happens to be Kirk Harreth, who is the Vice President, Associate General Counsel, and Chief Privacy Officer for Nationwide Insurance Companies and Affiliates, and he's based in beautiful Columbus, Ohio, which happens to be an adorable place. Uh, I know that's uh, the home of Ohio State University, so we're thrilled to have him join us. His practice group is responsible for all legal issues impacting privacy. That's privacy information, security, technology and information systems, contracts and supply services management, confidentiality, and data integrity. Among other things, he wears lots of hats. He also heads up a team that has primary responsibility for corporate private uh, privacy policy, and this would be relating to the company itself, implementing privacy across all lines of the business, including their own employees. And he represents Nationwide's interests on many industry and business privacy groups and before legislative and regulation bodies, too. So he's doing, he's a busy guy. Under his leadership nationwide, by the way, has been selected one of the top 10 most trusted companies by the Poneman Institute, which is a research institute. I'm one of their fellows, and they do great work. So that's really good. And they are actually number one for most trusted insurance company. So that's another good thing to know. He happens to be the past president and past member of the board of the International Association of Privacy Professionals. And we've had lots of those people on our show. And we've actually interviewed um, many of the people's, people who were the exhibitors at the national, uh, the international conference. 
He's still very active in the association, and he also served on the U.S. Department uh, Department of Homeland Security's Data Privacy and Integrity Advisory Committee from 2005 to 2011. So this guy is wonderful. He's brilliant. We're thrilled to have him. And um, he actually edited the Privacy Practitioner's Bible, How to Build a Privacy Program. So we're going to find out about that. And you can find out more about his company at Nationwide.com. Thank you so much, Kirk, for joining us all the way from beautiful Columbus. Thank you for that most gracious introduction, Mari. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I, uh, I, I'm not sure that I... Uh, that I uh, uh, and you, all that special, but I, I guess I've you know if you if you live long enough you, uh, <laughs> you you do a lot of stuff right. That's right. You only walk on water. I know that, Kirk. So <laughs> <laughs> so we had you back on the show in 2006, and now we're having you back. It's 2016. Lots of stuff has happened in privacy. Oh my gosh, hasn't it? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, when I was when I was talking to you last, we were. Uh, about five years into the program, and we were uh, creating really finished because it took about three to five years to to build out the framework for uh, for how we would uh, manage the privacy of customer information and associate information nationwide and it had just we had just started to get uh, integrally involved with um, uh, electronic data and with with the IT organization with information security, I would say the biggest shift uh, from 2005 2006 to today is is that our organization has actually has actually broadened. I think in 2006 I had I think I had three I had three folks that worked on my team. I now have 19. Wow. <laughs> and, and part of that was, is because of the scale and scope of the activities. It, it started out with, with privacy around data, and, and it was really around pro- processes and uh, how we use the data, how, how we collect the data, um, and then how we stored the data, and then how we reuse the data was we were just starting to get into that reuse and, and where is it stored? And very quickly it became clear that um, that information security was a kind of a fundamental component to assuring the privacy of the data. Interestingly, our information security team didn't have uh, a lawyer that sort of advised them. So hmm. I sort of went to our chief information security officer and I said, you know, I and I knew, and I knew him. But I, I, I finally it dawned on me that I had a huge stake in his program success, and right. and so I went and I, I sold my services to him, and I said, you know, I know a lot about privacy law, and I, you know, I, and I, I think you you really uh, we it would benefit both of us if I could sort of be your advisor on on your program, mm. and he was amenable to that. We got very involved with information security at Nationwide from a legal perspective and, and sort of flying air cover over, over our CISO and making sure that, you know, that what he was saying uh, and recommending, we were also uh, complementing with, with legal opinions and recommendations of our own that, that, that kind of bolstered and justified his recommendations. 
because of that work, because we had <laughs> we so so well integrated with the information security teams, uh, we were asked by our chief information officer to be the legal counsel for the IT organization in total. So that's about a about a billion dollars in annual spend, about one third of all staff, so about ten thousand people. You had um, no idea what you were getting yourself into. No, no. <laughs> and so out of that really what happened was we started you know, we started you know, we we had theorized around privacy and security by design for you know, for many years in the early two thousands and I, I I now had I was now at the table uh, and my team was at the table when we ideated and started to build uh, technology and networks, systems, applications. And so really from the, we were there from, from the initiation all the, way, all the way through completion, and, and we could for the first time ever, this was around 2010, we could really begin to uh, have an impact on, on the entire network's um, controls. And, and then out of that also came information govern, governance from a, and, and it, it didn't, wasn't just about the privacy of the data, but it was also around the, the integrity of the data. Did we have a taxonomy that, you know, so that the, the names over in one business unit were collected the same way and in, in databases the same as names in another, in another business unit? Um, and and then finally the the final sort of piece was when we started working on third party vendor management risk. Uh, it became apparent to me that that my my privacy lawyers and paralegals were were often the uh, they were often the nego- helping negotiate contracts at the very end when because a lot of the a lot of the the messier or the a lot of the conflict around the contracts with with vendors was around indemnification for, you know, for breaches and third right. party risk, and then, um, and so we had we were the experts in that space. And I remember I just jokingly said, um, you know, it would be a heck of a lot uh, more efficient yeah. if yeah. the contract lawyers just reported to me. I could actually teach them privacy right. and security, <laughs> and then. And voila! Actually, they ended up doing that and gave me the contracts, uh, the contract <laughs> lawyers. Um, no wonder you've so, had to grow to nineteen. You, you you'd have to clone yourself for all these hats. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we we do. So we participate in basically a cradle to grave um, information governance and and technology development process here at Nationwide now. Um, and it, and we scale ourselves out right through lots of other people because you can't possibly be involved in everything. So we we work you know we work through all the IT people and the information security people. We have a really good. We have you know 150 people that work in our procurement areas that we work through, and and we effectively train them how to how to triage things and how to be become um, in some respects our eyes and ears. And, and we uh, we actually do we do a lot of training, make sure that they understand um, kind of their role in the process, uh, and they're like little mini privacy professionals all over the place. Wow! Uh, because this is this is really a. I, mean, it, I always I mean I've consistently said that privacy 
and security should be every every associate's job yes. at Nationwide. It should be every every associate's job in any company or organization, but. I don't obviously have control over everybody, so I can only. I can only. You better watch what here. you say. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> because every time you say something, you you get that uh, under your belt. <laughs> you have another one to do. But you know, I so, think it's interesting because you know, I remember even in California when we used to have this office of privacy. And then, um, you know, then there was the Office of, of Information, you know, Information. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they joined them together, and they're now under the Attorney General's office because, it, you, you know, we've always heard this, this saying that you could have security without privacy, but you can't have privacy without security. And yep. you really have to have that marriage. So you guys did it kind of early on, recognizing, of course, because you're subject to so many different regulations in the insurance industry. So exactly. you, you had to jump in there <laughs> and lead exactly. the way. So Exactly. And it, it so so really the difference between like 10 years ago and today, it's it's scale and scope. We've just, you know, we've integrated well and we're just, you know, when I look back of what I thought the job was, <laughs> you know, uh, 10 years ago and what it's evolved into. In some ways it's actually become I hate to say this, but it's actually become simpler because we have been we have been so good at evangelizing that we we have you know we have people who are helping us you know in every facet of this. I, I felt like the, the chief cook and bottle washer uh, <laughs> ten years ago, and today I, in many respects, you're the top you know, chef got, now. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a lot of sous chefs. <laughs> a lot of sous chefs, yes. Exactly. No, and and also you've done such a good job of integrating it into the the whole um, the whole company, and and that's really helpful, and so that everybody knows, and everybody, like you said, is like a little mini privacy person, so mm-hmm. they they understand. And you're also subject to, to HIPAA, right, and high tech laws. So that that came along after you started too, right? It came along. It came along after, and you know, it, it, as you know, I mean, it was it was passed in '94, and that was that was when I that was actually my first involvement in privacy was working on HIPAA back in in the early '90s, um, and then we tried to figure out, well, okay, what are we going to do about all of this health information that we're that we're you know, it's, it's all about electronic health information. So right. what what are we going to do to protect it all? And then, as you recall, there was the uh, you know, eight to ten year hiatus between the passage of the law and and Congress or uh, and HHS actually implementing the the rules. Right. So, you know, a lot of people think that that property casualty and life insurers are not covered by HIPAA because we do have exceptions under the law that are pretty broad. Um, now. So and, and nationwide doesn't sell health insurance anymore. We we kind of got out of the health insurance business, uh, except in some very small ways. Um, are you uh, self-insured many, many for your own employees? We are self-insured. You're right. So, so, so that's so that's why you're subject to it too, right? We're picked up there. We also sell we also sell some long-term care uh, riders on our annuities, uh-huh. which are health products. Right. We also sell a, a sort of a flexible spending account on on some deferred compensation plans, which is covered by. We have group we have group travel, and we have some group uh, insurance, like student health 
plans that we sell mm. that uh, that is covered as well. Uh, we and then you know we are we 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 sell commercial uh, liability for you know like malpractice insurance coverage for uh, for doctors. Oh. And so as a, as a service provider, we're a business associate. So we. We have found that even after we got out of health insurance, <laughs> where we were, you know, two feet, you know, in the, you know, in the, in the, in the quicksand right. in HIPAA, we still have a, a fairly robust HIPAA program here. We have, we still have HIPAA training that uh, a fairly no, a broad number of people have have to take. Um, and we, you know, we have our business associate agreements that we have to get with our with our service providers as well, and with our agents. And so it's a, uh, I we, you know, I wouldn't say it's as, uh, you know, it's not as all encompassing as it was when we had our own HMO uh, ten right. fifteen years ago. Right. But you know, in many ways, it was easier to justify the expenses then. We we still have it though, and we have. Uh, um, kind of tangential, but it's still you still have to be aware and have to follow the rules. Yeah, we do, and I think there's a lot of people uh, that don't understand the the full reach uh, of HIPAA, and I think there's lots of lawyers and accountants and IT people who service doctors and and clinics and and the and the like who don't understand that that when they get you know access to systems or they get access to health information that they're right. they're actually they're actually service providers subject to HIPAA whether they sign a BAA or not. Yep. Yeah. It it really is uh, all encompassing. Privacy has grown. So l- let's talk a little bit about what you think are the top 3 concerns for privacy today for the whole industry in privacy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think <laughs> As as you get the as you get a multiplicity of technology and devices and mm. um, and big data and everything converging, I think access to ac- governing access controls and defining who should or shouldn't have access to certain types of data is something that I see us wrestling with, and that based upon discussions with peers and at conferences and such, uh, I think most people are just are are really wrestling with. How do you narrowly tailor your your access control to those people who need it um, in a in a you know at a time when everybody expects access to everything right through through all kinds of devices and applications yeah. and then uh, then i I see r- r- regulators regulators response to privacy violations um, there is a it's interesting to me that you know if you read surveys in any of the IT magazines or security magazines or privacy magazines, if you read surveys, it, it looks like when they survey, you know, they'll survey 2,000 general counsel and, you know, and they'll say, well, how many people have had, you know, have had breaches, you know, in the last year? And, you know, 68% of the people have had breaches, right? Mm-hmm. But you look at the number of people who actually have notified. Right. You know, it's, I think it's one of the most underreported things out there. And one of the reasons is now nationwide, we have had we have had a few, and we have reported them, and we follow the law. But I do think it's one of the most underreported uh, legal issues out there. And I think primarily because while you are uh, a victim of a of a criminal attack, uh, you are often then dragged through the coals of uh, the media, 
of of the judicial system. Right. And then if you're a regulated entity, you're you're scrutinized through any number of investigations, right. all of which make you the subject uh, of uh, in a way that is. Uh, so you, you're not really you're no longer the victim. You, you you've now perpetrated some uh, yeah. some crime, and 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 now there are you know there there are clear cases I think are clearer cases where someone may have been behaving reasonably uh, and not. But the bottom line is I think that you know government's focus today should be more around uh, how to help companies protect themselves, how to, you know, stop the bad guys exactly. uh, at, in their tracks rather than the focus seems to be sort of, we can't do that, so we're, we're going to go after the companies who have, who have raised their hands and admitted that they've, they've been breached and have had a problem. Um, anyway, I think it's, it, I'll get off my soapbox, but yeah, it, it is, yeah. I think it's one of the most underreported uh, and then the breach notification laws themselves are, I think, uh, an issue because, you know, it, they're actually broadening the definition of a breach and what is uh, sort of in focus for no- notification. Um, and and what happens is, is it, you know, if you comply with the laws, which, again, Nationwide does, uh, you you end up actually having far more notifications around events that that pose n- no risk of harm whatsoever, mm-hmm. but um, but but the the laws really are around uh, no, over notification, and, and I think I think what you, what happens is that is that the public becomes numb to right um, to these notifications. They don't really mean anything anymore, and I think we need to figure out. So you know what is a you know what is a what is a serious what is a serious harm breach versus what is a a mismailing right i mean you probably talked right. to a number of privacy professionals that mismailings happen i won't say with some frequency but they happen regularly miss emailing somebody fat fingers an email address and sends it to right. the wrong recipient right you know I, that is not that is not in my mind what these laws were supposed to have been intended to uh to yeah, not unless you around. you give somebody's social security number, like you know what I mean, when you send out something that is uh, like a W nine or to the wrong right. person, you know, which that well, happened to my paralegal. So, oh, <laughs> somebody, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she she found well, out. There's a, yeah, there's a scale. There's a scale yeah. issue too. Yeah. If you if you do onesie twosies, that's one thing. If it's an error, um, if yeah. it's if it's you've sent out, you know, you've sent out a million of them to the wrong people. Right. Then, then that's a completely <laughs> different thing entirely. Right. Um, but anyway, I, I just think that we, you know, again, it, it comes down to yeah, you've got a finite amount of resources to devote at a at a at a yeah. kind of an infinite number of problems. Let's let's try to figure out where we can do the greatest benefit, make the, you know, have the greatest benefit with uh, with what we're what we're capable of uh, of doing. Yeah. So you know, we can talk a little bit about what individuals versus companies can do i know in terms of companies if you could give maybe the top three things that companies should be doing and you know i think it's it's almost easier for a large company like your company because you've got the resources you've got the you've got 19 people now working there you know when you're talking about a smaller company that you know doesn't have a, a 
a chief privacy officer like you, you know, but they still could do tremendous damage privacy wise. So what are maybe just, you know, two or three things that you think companies should be doing small or large? Sure. Well, if you're a small company, you're probably working primarily with service providers. I mean, your IT is probably running on, a, you know, an Amazon service or right. Microsoft service or Google. Right. Um, you should you should know where your data is, and you should have you should have done a little bit of due diligence and made sure that at least the contract that you have with your service providers uh, ensures a, a minimum level, a reasonable level of protection around it. Um, again, back to access controls. You know, mm-hmm. if if you have a if you have a small company, uh, uh, you know, three people. You know, maybe all three people need access to all the data. If you've got a small company, two hundred fifty people, uh, there probably is very little need for all two hundred fifty people to have access to all the data. And you need to look kind of cogently at at defining who needs to know everything. Probably. You know, maybe you know half dozen people right. who needs to know. You know, read only. Maybe you know, maybe another ten, twelve, twenty people. Whatever your whatever your service model is, but you know, every every administrative assistant and every every everybody in the building does not need access to every every piece of data. Right. Um, and then you know, I would uh, I'd make sure that you know your your privacy policy, which has become fairly uh, standard these days, mm-hmm. uh, that it comports with your information practices. You know, don't use puffery. Don't don't over don't overpromise anything in your privacy statement. But I mean, your privacy statement should reflect what your what you how you how you use the data, how you collect it, uh, where you store it, how you reuse it, whether people have the right to opt out. Um, so those those would be a couple of things as a, as a small company I would I would focus on because at the end of the day small companies sort of live and die by by trust and there's nothing uh, that destroys trust quicker than having to tell let's say you're a small let's say you're a, a doctor's office right. three 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 private practi- practitioners and you have to tell your you know 350 cl- uh, patients cl- patients mm-hmm. that you uh, you lost all their data. Mm. Because uh, somebody came in and, and and stole a server out of your out of your office, right? So right. physical security is incredibly important. You know, make sure you got locks. Make sure you you know who's coming and going from your building. Um, yep. It's it's uh, you need to actually have like a, a privacy protection checklist <laughs> you that you, you go through and, and get some consulting or something to help you through, and then you do your own little privacy audit, and that that obviously would help. We only have about two minutes now. I just want to ask you kind of before we finish, and I just want to tell my audience again, you've been listening to um, Kirk Harreth, who happens to be the chief privacy officer and lots of other hats, general associate, general counsel at Nationwide Insurance. So let me just ask you this and just give us a little bit of a thought from you. Um, what would you say is the biggest threat to privacy right now and and just kind of tell us that quickly (laughs) again soapbox uh the biggest threat to privacy right now is i think people's is the way uh people want quick and immediate access Mm. 
to everything, right? It's a it's a user love sort of world. Um, we, on one hand, uh, we want we want to be able to you know do all of our banking. We want to do all of our trading of stocks. We want to get all of our health information from through apps uh, on our phone. Uh, but we don't we don't spend a lot of time figuring out whether our phone is or isn't secure. We don't we don't you know if if you have an you know iOS device, a lot of people don't have a password on their phone, which means it's not encrypted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use simple passwords on our phones to uh, to access, or we use the same password on every application to access all of our sensitive data uh, and to the to the point where you know one one password is effectively the, the keys to the kingdom. Crazy. Um, so so I think actually we, it's like the old pogo thing. I think we've we've met the enemy and it's us. We <laughs> we 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 don't think about privacy often until we lose it, and yes. we're willing to trade it for for uh, almost almost next to nothing. And we demand uh, that the people we do business with make it incredibly easy for us to to get our data, which means that if it's incredibly easy for us, it's incredibly easy for the for the bad guys to get it as well. Exactly. Well, what a perfect way to end. So thank you so much. Just give your website, and it's time to go. And I hope we don't have to wait another 10 years to have you back on. <laughs> well, Mari, it has been, been a pleasure. And uh, if anybody wants more information about Nationwide, uh, go out to nationwide.com, and you can actually see our, our privacy policy and our security policies out there. And we're very proud of uh, of the program that we've built here at Nationwide. Well, you you're, you got a great program. It's well-respected, and so are you. And thank you so much, and we will see you soon. Thank you so much. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.